right, great to see everybody here. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Kevin Miller, Director of World Life, which is our missions and outreach program here at Life Church. And I'm excited and privileged to get to speak tonight. I just want to thank Pastor Aaron for giving me the opportunity to speak. You know, this is a cool weekend for Life Church. This is actually the first time that all six services, Germantown Campus and West Campus, they're all going to be live speaking. Pastor Danny, our West Campus pastor, is going to be preaching over there. So we are going to have some fun this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed Thanksgiving. I had a blast at Thanksgiving. My wife cooked an 18-pound turkey for five of us, and it was incredible. We have some family in town, and we've just had an absolute blast. I probably ate about 10 and a half pounds of that turkey because it is gone now. I know it is gone, absolutely gone. And you know, I spoke last year around this time, and I said that I was never going to do this thing again, and I just had the little confession that I've, I've done this thing, okay? Basically, I said that I would never wait in a Black Friday line again, and I did, okay? So I want to just kind of tell you guys a little bit of the background of the story of waiting in a Black Friday line, which is from the devil, if you didn't know. I'm just, just being real with you, okay? Okay, basically, me and my lovely bride are looking through a Target magazine mistake, and we run across this camera, and she's like, that's a good deal, and I'm like, that is a good deal. That's a nice camera, and she looked at me, and... Um, she didn't say anything, but in her eyes, I kind of read, hey, baby, do you want to uh, get all bundled up and get out in the cold because we're from Georgia and stand in line for an hour and a half and get that camera for me? And I said, okay, I'll get the camera. And she's like, what? I, I never asked you. <laughs> That's just kind of what I saw in her eyes. I was like, all right, I'll do it. Secretly, I think I kind of like doing it, just being real with you guys, okay? I kind of like standing in line, playing my iPad, escaping for a little while. Anyways, I went out, I got in line, I waited in line at Target. I was in line for an hour. It was crazy. I saw some of you guys there. I don't know if anybody in this crowd was there, but I saw some of you. There was a family here that was about 20th in line. I hope it was fun missing Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, like it was ridiculous. The line went all the way back. If you've ever been to Target in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, the line goes all the way back to Appleton Avenue near Office Max. I mean, it is ridiculous. Okay, so I had a decent spot in line. I got in. I got the camera. I got out. And while I'm getting the camera, I don't know. Has anybody went Black Friday shopping before? If it says doorbuster, it's always just tempting to be like, man, that's a good deal. When you have no need for it, no need whatsoever. And I saw this vacuum cleaner, and it was $9. I'm like, are you kidding me? I could put this on Craigslist. I grabbed it, and I contemplate, and I'm, I'm like, this is $9 right now. And then I was like, what has gotten into me? And I put it back, and I went and got in line, and I got the camera. So glad I didn't purchase the vacuum cleaner because I, I would have saved like $10, but something just gets inside of you to want to get those doorbuster items. It's ridiculous. Anyways, we're going to have fun today. I have something called ADD. Sometimes I get a little off track, so just, just follow with me tonight. We're going to have fun, all right? We're going to get right into the Word tonight. If you have your Bibles, can you open them up to John chapter 15? John chapter 15, starting with verse 9. We're going to talk about joy tonight. I'm really excited to talk about joy tonight. Again, John chapter 15, starting with verse 9. If you don't have your Bible, again, the words are going to be on the screen there for you. Verse 9 says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. 
Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for this service. God, I pray that your presence would be here, that you would move. God, it would be your words and not my words. And God, I thank you. I pray that we would all leave changed. And I pray the Packers would beat the Giants and that the Falcons would beat the Bucks this weekend. In your name I pray, amen. Is that okay? To pray? I don't know, is that all right? Okay. I'm just making sure. I'm from Atlanta, so I gotta throw my Falcons in there, okay? I'm praying for the Packers too. We're, we're together in this, all right? Unless we play each other in the playoffs. All right. Man, we're going to have fun tonight. It's going to be good. Again, I'm talking about joy tonight. Tis the season for joy. Everybody seems so happy during this time of year, especially on TV. Have you ever noticed that? On TV, everybody is so stinking happy. You never see an ugly, angry person trying to sell something during this time of the year. It just doesn't happen. They're all just good-looking, happy people just having an absolute blast. You know, I saw a Fleet Farm commercial the other day. Now, I'm a redneck at heart, okay? I know it may not look like it, but I am a redneck at heart, and I love Fleet Farm. That place would be kicking in Georgia if it was there, all right? But I saw a Fleet Farm commercial, and I've never seen someone happier to try on a Carhartt jacket than this guy. I mean, he had so much joy. He was just about to explode. He was trying it on. He was just like, I mean, it was scary, the face that he made, but it was, it was pretty incredible. It seems like they're trying to sell joy to us during this time of the year. Everything is about joy. I absolutely love it. This is an amazing time of the year. I love this time of the year because of two words, Christmas music. Anybody with me? I love Christmas music. Yes. Yes, we can applaud that. I'll leave space. Okay, great. Man, we're going to have fun. I love Christmas music. I could listen to it in July. I absolutely love Christmas music. Tis the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what? As well as it being a joyful time, all of us, even through the most joyful time of the year, we have things that come up in our lives that seem to try to take our joy away. It could be little things to big things. It could be your car breaking down to something as serious as a family member passing away. There's things that happen even in the most wonderful time of the year that seems to try to take our joy away. Well, tonight I want to talk about how that our joy cannot be taken from us, how that God gives us joy, and I want to talk about that a little bit today. We're going to have Again, a lot of fun with my ADD and trying to get through these notes correctly. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. You know what's amazing about joy and amazing about this is sometimes, again, we have this time of the year, we have all of this joy, and then there's times that we can actually lose this joy again, as like I said earlier. But tonight I want to talk about how we can find a true joy in Jesus and how that he continues to give us our joy. You know what? Unfortunately, when we talk to people, sometimes Jesus and joy just don't go along with each other in conversations with people. I've talked to people and said, man, I love how much fun Jesus had in the Bible. And they just look at me. Jesus did not have fun. He was serious. And I mean, I'm thinking, what? Are you serious? And a lot of people, they have that mindset. Have you ever seen a picture of Jesus? He is serious. He was on a mission, people. 
He was serious. There was no fun. He didn't play games. He was serious. You know, the more I read the Bible, the more I see that Jesus had joy while he was on this earth. I'm reading this amazing book by John Eldridge. It's called Beautiful Outlaw, and it just shows and portrays the actual personality of Jesus and how much joy that he had. It is incredible to know how much joy Jesus had while he was on this earth, to know that Jesus had a good time. It says in the Bible, he took time to sit down and enjoy meals with people. Some of the craziest people, tax collectors, I mean, some of the craziest people that walked the earth at his time, he sat down and just enjoyed meals with them. He laughed. If you read through the gospels, you can tell that he played jokes on his disciples. I mean, crazy stuff. Unbelievable stuff that Jesus had joy. He took the time to show up to events like weddings and different things like that just to be able to enjoy himself. And the amazing thing is throughout the most incredible mission this world has ever known to be able to die on the cross for all of us, he still was able to enjoy himself throughout all of that. So I'm going to just share a couple of points that I've learned from Jesus and how he enjoyed himself and how that we can keep our joy throughout this time. So number, uh, number one, basically the first point, is remain in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. You know, in verse 5 of chapter 15 in John, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if we skip over to verse 9, it says, to remain in my love. I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in my love. That word remain means to be stable or fixed upon something. And when I think of a vine and a branch, that branch remains on that vine. That branch gets all of its nourishment, everything that it needs to live from that vine. Everything that it feeds upon is from that vine. And Jesus is saying, remain in me. Remain fixed upon me, just like a vine is to a branch. Remain fixed upon Jesus. You know what's incredible is... Again, just like a branch gets all of its nourishment and and everything from a vine, that's what we get from Jesus when we stay remained in him. And how we do that is, first of all, staying in his word. It's constantly staying in God's word. It's reading God's word. It's reading the Bible. It's reading the words that he has just for us. It's this blueprint called the word of God that maps out our lives and how we should live and what we should do. It's staying and remaining in his word. And secondly, It's constantly praying to him. You know, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. And I love, love, love that verse. Because that tells me it's not, it's not something that we do every once in a while, but it's something that we constantly do. That tells me that it's about a relationship. It's not just religion, but it's about a relationship with him. Because if we had a friend and we only talked to them every once in a while, we spent time together, they, was, they were beside us and walking with us, but we only recognized them and talked to them every once in a while, it probably wouldn't work out that well. And the same goes with Jesus. If we never really take the time to recognize him, then that's not remaining with him. When we remain with Jesus, we take the time to recognize that Jesus is here with us always and we pray without ceasing like the word says. It could be little things throughout the day. Prayer is just a conversation between you and God. Remaining in him, making it a relationship, making it a friendship instead of something that you have to do. I promise you, if you remain in Jesus, nothing can take your joy away. 
Nothing will give you more joy than to have God speaking over your life, than reading your word and seeing the scriptures and seeing how God guides you in your life. Nothing would give you more joy. Not only should you remain in Jesus, but you should focus on Jesus. You know, the incredible thing is a lot of times to remain on Jesus and focus on Jesus, we have to realize that Jesus loves us. He wants that relationship with us. And being connected with him, nothing can take that away from us if we remain in a relationship with him. So many times we get confused, though, and we try, and I am so guilty of this, I try to do things to fix my relationship with Jesus. You know what? A branch never has to do any work to stay connected to the vine as long as it's connected to the vine. So with our relationship with Jesus, we try to do work to stay connected with him. There's a lot of times that I've messed up and I've done things. I'm like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm going to read two chapters of the Bible today. Or a lot of you are like, man, I'm going to go to two, two weekend services this weekend. Man, I've really messed up. I'm going to read two chapters of Proverbs so I can get more wisdom today. Whatever it is for you, a lot of times we think that we have to work and do instead of just being and remaining in him. And you know what makes me think? of the story of Mary and Martha. You know, Mary and Martha invited Jesus over and Jesus came over and Martha was working and trying to do all of this different stuff to be able to please Jesus. She was in the kitchen making unleavened garlic bread. Mm, That sounds good. She was making all of this different stuff and Mary took the time to go and just sit at Jesus' feet and just remain in him and just be fixed upon him and be focused upon him. And Jesus came back and he said, you know what? This was the greater thing that Mary did. It's not about trying to work and trying to do and trying to strive to be something. It's just remaining in me and being focused on me. That's what Jesus wants for us to do. And that is going to bring us joy, an everlasting joy that nobody can take from us. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. You know, the reason that many of us have lost our joy is because we've made secondary issues our primary focus. We've made secondary things that really, in reality, when you just step back and take a broad look at life, they really don't matter. But we've made those our primary focus. And again, I'm just as guilty as this. Man, my car broke down today. What in the world am I going to do? What in the world? I've just invested all of this money in these stocks and they just went down $10 a share. What in the world? And we let little things, secondary things, rob us from our joy. But we, we remain focused on Jesus. And we let those other things just kind of pass away and we remain focused on him. Nothing can take our joy away. Because when we have Jesus, we have everything. When we have Jesus, we have everything. You know, I think it's incredible reading stories about some old missionaries all over the world. And it shows how some of these missionaries were martyrs for Christ. And before they were killed for Christ, reading some of their writings, they write a lot of them out of a jail cell about the joy that they have because they have Jesus. Everything else has been taken away from them. Their family's been taken away. Their car has been taken away. They don't have a house. Everything's been taken away. But they talk about this unspeakable joy that they have because they have Jesus. Because they've decided that, you know what, I'm not going to focus on anything secondary. I'm going to focus on Jesus. Because Jesus is everything. 
Jesus will complete you. That brings it to my third point. Be complete in Jesus. Be complete in Jesus. Verse 11 of John 15 says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You know, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. Every single one of us have flaws. We have issues. None of us are perfect. We all have these voids in our life. And a lot of times, we try to fill them with with things that really don't matter. When in reality, Jesus is saying, I want you to fill them with me. Jesus is everything. He will complete you. He will fill those voids. Even though things have happened that may seem very hard for some of you, he will complete you. Jesus will be everything for you. If it's a weakness that you have, Jesus will be your strength. He will allow you to have joy, even though it seems like it's impossible to have joy. I know a lot of us in here, it, it, it may be something small that's happened that's kind of stolen our joy. Or it may be something big that's happened. But know that when you have Jesus, he completes you. He is your everything. Man, you can take my house away, but if I have Jesus. You can take my car, but if I have Jesus. You can take my money, but if I have Jesus, I have everything. Now, I want to close with this story. There's a story about a little boy and his mom, and they were driving down the road, and they got in a bad car accident. A car sideswiped him, and it severed the little boy's right arm, took his right arm completely off. And the boy was super disappointed because he loved baseball, and he was right-handed in baseball. And so he no longer had his arm. He could no longer play baseball. His mom encouraged him and said, you know what? You need to get back into a sport because I can tell your joy seems like it's been robbed from you. You need to get back into a sport to enjoy your life again because you can do this. You know, he tried baseball again. He didn't make it in that. He tried basketball. He didn't make it in that. He tried soccer. His mom encouraged him. You need to play soccer. You can do that. His balance wasn't good. He just didn't like it. He wasn't good at that either. And they were driving down the road. And they saw a place that said judo on it. He said, Mom, that is me. That's what I want to do. I want to do judo. She's like, okay, that sounds good. So they pull in the judo place. He signs up, and he starts judo. You know, the cool thing was his teacher or his sensei, I guess it would be, he looked at me. He said, you know what? He will be perfect. He's going to be perfect for what I need. And the boy's like, yes, I can't wait. So he started training. And he absolutely loved it. He would come home every night saying, Mom, I love it. This is what I was meant to do. And his mom was just ecstatic that she found something for the boy to be involved with. And then soon the teacher wanted to meet with the mom, and she came up to him. And he said, you know what? I want for your boy to be in one of the biggest judo tournaments in the nation in a couple of months. I think he's that good. And she's like, okay, okay, you may have the wrong child. I don't know if you know who my boy is. Yes, I know who your boy is. He's amazing. I want him to be in this tournament. She's like, okay, all right. If he's enjoying it this much, I'm not going to hold him back. So the boy begins training night and day for this tournament. The only problem is the teacher said, look, I only want you to learn one move. I don't want you to learn anything else but this one move, and I want you to master this move. So he's like, okay, so night and day, I mean, everything, he ate and drank this one move. This was everything he thought about. He would wake up practicing this move. He would go to bed practicing this one move. And finally, the tournament came, 
and he had only practiced this one move, and he had perfected this one move. And he goes up to his coach because he sees all of the other judo people practicing, and he's like, they have so many moves. How in the world am I going to do this? He said, just trust me. I know that this seems different, but you can do this with one move. So he gets into the first match, completely just knocks the kid. I'm not going to do that ever again. He complete, wow, I've embarrassed myself. He completely, I'm going to do it, okay. Boom, knocks the kid out. And he's like, what in the world? He goes to his mom. He's just ecstatic that he just won the first match. And if you know anything about elimination sports, when it goes into the brackets, it just gets harder and harder and harder. The better players continue to advance. So he advanced to the second round. Second round, same exact thing. I would do a roundhouse right now if I could. But he just, boom, knocks the kid to the ground. I mean, he's doing incredible. I know that sounds terrible as judo. Okay, just knocks the kid to the ground. The mom's cheering. They're going crazy. And he goes up to the teacher. He's like, teacher, I know I just, everybody's seen my move. I don't know what you want me to do. Everybody's kind of watching my move right now. Okay, I don't know if you know this, but I stick out a little bit. They're watching my move. Can I learn another move, please? He's like, no, you need to stick to this. Third round comes along. He wins again. Fourth round, championship round comes up. He's facing one of the best judo students in all of the nation. He goes up to his teacher one more time. He's like, I need something else. I can't just work with this one. He said, just do the one move. He goes up, same thing, knocks the kid to the ground. He wins the championship. He goes and gets a trophy. He's all happy. He goes up to his mom. And he goes up to his teacher, and he's like, you know what? I never expected to actually win. How in the world did I do this? How in the world was I able with one arm to win the national judo tournament? How did this even happen? And the coach looked at him and kind of laughed a little bit. He said, the only way to stop this move is for somebody to block your right arm. Some of you will get that tomorrow. This kid was able to win the whole tournament because this teacher took time with him. And you know what? I tell that huge, long, crazy story because a lot of us, we can put ourselves in that place that, man, we all have issues. We all have faults. We all have problems. And it seems like sometimes those things can steal our joy, just like when that boy had his arm lost. He never thought he could gain his joy back. But through God, through Jesus, when we remain in him, when we put our focus in him, when we know that Jesus can complete us, he can use us again. He can give us our joy back again. Even though these things happen, God can give us our joy back He is there for us. Even though it seems like we're not going to be able to make it, he's going to help us fight the battles that we need to fight in life, and he's going to give us joy doing it. You know, it never says in God's word that it's going to be easy being a Christ follower. There's going to be things that happen that are hard, that are tough to go through. But when you have the joy of God within you, it makes all the difference. You know what's incredible is if you look in the writings of Paul in the New Testament, his epistles, He is in a jail cell writing a lot of those. And it's not like the jails today where they have a a recreational basketball game every once in a while. He's in a block, square room, tied to chains on his hands and feet. And he's writing these epistles. And throughout all of them, it's incredible the amount of times you see him write about joy. That he has joy in Christ. That throughout all of this pain, he still has joy. Even though something little or small has happened to you, don't let it rob your joy. 
Even though something, it may be something big that's happening in your life that really is devastating, don't let it rob your joy. With Jesus, we all can have joy. Let's bow our heads in this room. You know, with nobody looking around, there's some of you in here, you may have heard me talking about a relationship with Jesus, and there's some of you that may be far away from Jesus or you've never had a relationship with Jesus. I just want to tell you that Jesus gave his life for you. He came to this earth and he died on the cross just for you, just for me, just for this whole world so that they may live again. He gave his life so that you could live You know, if that's you and you're in this room and you may have been away from Jesus for a long time or you may have never had a relationship with Jesus, but you want a relationship with him. You want to make your life right. You want this joy I'm talking about. If that's you and you want a relationship with Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Nobody's looking around. Thank you. Anybody else? Just raise it up high. Put it right back down. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Nobody looking around. You know what in the Bible, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, then you will be saved. You'll start a relationship with him, and that can happen tonight. And in a second, I want to say a prayer with every single person in this room, and I just want to let you know it's not the prayer that's going to save you. It's you believing that Jesus died on the cross for you that he rose again, that he lives today and he wants a relationship with you. So I'm gonna ask every single person in this room to just repeat this prayer after me along with those that raise their hands. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. I wanna live for you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Would you come into my heart and be my savior? It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. That's so incredible. I just want to tell those of you that raise your hands, that is the most important decision that you'll ever make. You know, for the rest of us in here, I just want to say a prayer over all of us that, man, this Christmas season, nobody or nothing would be able to take our joy from us. That when people look at us, when people see us, they see our reactions, they see the things that we go through, that they would know that there's something different about each and every one of us. That they would know that there is something completely different, that we have Christ within us. And then that in turn would give us conversations to be able to talk to them about Christ. I just want to say a prayer over you. And then we're going to wrap up. Jesus, thank you so much for every person being here. God, we know that it wasn't coincidence for people to be here this weekend. God, I pray that you would give us a joy, an everlasting joy, God, beyond all understanding. And I pray that we would just truly, truly be able to focus on you, God, be able to remain in you, and God, just be completed in you so that we can have this joy. God, let it just continue in our hearts, and I pray that others would see this joy. I pray that it would be contagious, God, that nothing will be able to rob us from this joy. It's in your precious name I pray, amen and amen.